All right. Hello and welcome again to Letter of Law Interviews. My name is Sarthak Bharadwaj and today I'm thrilled to be in conversation with someone I've wanted to get on this podcast for a long while, Pranjal Kishore. Pranjal is, a, is an advocate based out of Delhi. Uh, he's also, he contributes regularly to uh, many platforms like Live Law. His book review of Rohit Day's People's Constitution was published in the EPW, Indian Express, and so on and so forth. Uh, so Pranjal, thank you so much for uh, meeting with me today. I'm so glad you could we could do this. So, uh, thank you for having me here. And uh, like I told you earlier, the only reason I agreed to do this was because you told me this is a platform for young lawyers. And I don't claim to be a successful lawyer or a, or a super lawyer or anything of that sort. I claim to be young. It is disputed at times, but I am a lawyer, so we oh, can have great conversation. Fantastic. So, uh, before I ask anything else, what is item sixteen, Pranjal Kishore petitioner? That's oh, what... sorry. And this is uh, something I did not realize. So, uh, the Gujarat High Court uses Zoom, and uh, this is this was for a matter last week. That was last year. Use Zoom. I think I just clicked on this link. I didn't realize I will. I am still logged in as item 16. I was item 16. The matter did not reach last week. It's <laughs> coming up again uh, sometime next week. All right. So it's actually for, for, for a matter before the Gujarat High Court. Fantastic. Well, uh, so first of all, Pranjal, my initial question to you is that you are an in- independent litigating lawyer right now. And right after law school, you, you threw yourself into the world of litigation. So uh, what made you decide or go for litigation, considering the fact, and do correct me if I'm wrong here, most people from national law schools tend to choose a corporate job over litigation. So what made you choose this line of work? Uh, I, on, so long answer short, I did not leave myself with much of a choice. Uh, by the time I came to the fourth and the fifth year, because my grade points weren't that great, etc. But I never, even when I joined law school in 2010, I didn't really see myself working a, a, a corporate job. Uh, like all good Biharis, uh, my aim was uh, not my aim per se, but yeah, my, my rough idea was to probably sit for the UPSC. And it was somewhere during the course of the internships. Uh, I have never even interned at a firm. All, all of my internships uh, were at different uh, litigation offices, chambers, uh, uh, somewhere with judges also. So I think it's during the course of that that I realized well, that this is, is uh, something that I want to do. And uh, I think the, the things which actually excite me throughout, uh, I've been a quizzer uh, through school and college. Uh, I've been into debating and mooting in college. So I think that uh, satisfaction of having won or even the feeling of having lost. Those are things which actually motivate me. So I, I wasn't, you know, into things like publishing a paper in uh, college. That, that wasn't something I did at all because there's no winning or losing there. So I think it's that adrenaline rush that, you know, being in a competition gives you is what sort of pushed me into uh, litigation. The other thing is, is something I vaguely thought uh, uh, of at that time, and this is something that has turned out to be true, is that uh, as a lawyer, you know, there are certain things, or as a human being, there are certain issues you care about, certain you know, things which you see go wrong. 
but as a lawyer it is within your power to do something about it so i think that is is really what motivated me to get into uh, litigation after college fantastic uh, that, that so there's a lot that i want to ask flowing from your answer given the fact that i am currently in law school and most of the viewers who watch this podcast are in law school uh a general perception about litigation is that in the initial few years the pay is very less and that generally deters people from uh, throwing themselves into the field of litigation so uh, what do you say to people young young law students who are still figuring out what they want to do and they're being uh, dissuaded to go for litigation for this reason what's your take on this see uh now uh, sure you know this is this is an answer which uh, i would like to preface with with a caveat and in fact probably the whole of the interview so i come from a certain position of privilege and i have all the possible privileges one could possibly have in terms of gender in terms of caste in terms of economic status uh, i have never really had to turn to my father for financial help in the last 5 uh, years but you know just knowing that he's there Uh, that's quite a there have been times i over let me take a reckless financial decision kuch hua to you know there is someone uh, i have also uh, that's also i would say say a, a, a privilege in that sense that um, i ran into mr uh, sanjay hegde who was my senior for two years so i have had these certain privileges of having a good family backing me uh, a good senior backing me and of course everything else that flows from my gender and from my caste having said all of that i still think it is difficult so pay when i when i began was was peanuts it uh, more than half of it actually went on paying rent so to get by then i had started teaching uh, law students uh, i had started teaching at ims and uh, this is this is for the clat uh, and right. the other entrance and this actually turned out to be a very satisfying experience you know, because after spending a week running around so the first year of my practice was at trial courts and uh, this was a very very strange experience uh, coming out of college and uh, you know college people knew you you, you were mooting and debating and quizzing and people knew you and uh, the, the first day that uh, i uh, joined uh, my my first office they asked me to go to the ngt there was a batch matter and nothing had to be done they just said just go these are the appearances appearances mark karke aa jana now this is something you hear often appearances mark karke aa jana okay now 10 days out of college i had no idea i didn't know where to go i didn't know what to do i didn't know who to ask and this was in a very crowded ngt but the pride was still there you know the pride of being someone in college right now how do i go ask someone ki mujhe appearance mark karne nahi aata so i roamed around clueless and uh, eventually i think after everyone had left i found the court master i asked him what to do he told me that uh, this is how appearances are marked at the ngt so it was very very different from college but coming back to your original question the pay at the beginning wasn't uh, wasn't that great i had found a way to survive and uh, i slowly very very slowly i see the culture changing a little bit i think uh, seniors have been able to pay a little more uh, to juniors now and uh, you know this is something which people always uh, often tell us like i have some of my juniors who speak to me and they tell me you know i understand ki pehle 4 5 saal uh, the money i earn isn't important 
but why i keep telling them to join a senior who pays a decent sum i will not get into the sum itself but pays right. a decent sum it indicates the respect that the the senior has for the junior now this is something that is very very important if he he respects you enough to pay you well he will respect you enough to value your time to nurture your talents and all of that so and it's an important decision i think the, the first office that you join in terms of the work you do there in terms of what you're paid there i think it's it's a very important decision as to the first office you join it is tough but uh, i think put your head down work hard for a few years and uh, things start to happen right i even i don't know how they start to happen but you're suddenly getting phone calls from random people saying ye matter hai ye matter hai someone gave you a reference so that it will happen eventually great fantastic uh, so uh, from what i understand you've been uh, doing litigation right after law school right and uh, so you threw yourself into the world of litigation uh, so how has the journey been for you from starting out as a litigator to now and uh, try to stop before uh, the period of you going independent because i have an entire segment for that so uh, what, what what has it been like for you what are some of the experiences that you've amassed and how has it been overall so uh, i started off uh, with a small office uh, which did work on the civil and criminal side now i was a little unfortunate when i started because uh, this was in 2015 so uh, if anyone is old enough to remember or if people were practicing at that time so this was a time when this whole uh, pecuniary jurisdiction of the delhi high court issue was happening uh, and a lot of strikes had happened first with the high court bar went on strike then the lower court bar went on strike uh, the trial court bar I'm sorry i think that you're not supposed to say lower court so the trial court bar uh, went on strike and the pecuniary jurisdiction was eventually uh, for the delhi high court was increased from i believe 20 lakhs to 2 crores now this started a process of cases being transferred cases were mm-hmm. transferred from the high court to the to the district courts and then they would assign it to a specific uh, civil judge or to a additional district judge so the first 5 or 6 months of my practice actually went in all of this so i was basically going to a lot of courts like i went to the high court uh, a transfer order has been passed then you go to the district judge uh, who has received the files who assigns it uh, uh, to a civil judge who is hearing the case so i spent a lot of my time in the first 4 or 5 months doing this uh work eventually started to come in regular work in in that office started to come in towards uh, the end of the year towards the end of 2015 but uh, i had sort of made up my mind to start off on the uh, with a supreme court lawyer after a year at the trial court now this again uh, if someone were to ask me i would say spend at least at least 2 years uh, of your initial practice at the trial courts uh two years uh preferably on the civil side you know because there is a lot of drafting and uh, things which you will never do on the appellate side 2016 i joined an aor uh, in in the supreme court you know and and the first difference that you see immediately when you join a uh, an advocate on records office this is that you are drafting a lot of uh, specialty petitions and appeals so the first difference was that you know a month ago when i was drafting a civil suit i was making out jurisdiction in my plaint i was making out valuation i had to ensure that you know if it's a specific performance suit right so there are a certain pleadings which are needed 
here at the supreme court you are given a format and you have to put things into that format and every special leave petition that you draft has to have the same prayer it's a standard prayer if you make a different prayer the defect the registry is going to mark defects your matter is never going to be listed i feel like i should take so notes <laughs> no so no the basic difference in why it is important to work uh, on on the original side uh, at least for 2 years is because that's where you will learn drafting right the supreme court is is a straight out format if you go even a little here and there from the format the registry is most 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 likely to mark defects uh in the year that i worked with the aor uh this was the time uh, uh, when uh, my, my senior then mr anil mishra he wasn't dedicating a lot of time to the office he, he was spending quite a, a bit of time actually uh, the, the, the word for that is business development okay he was spending a lot of time getting clientele and traveling and, and things so that year i actually really learned how to run a practice in that sense so i was i was dealing with clients i was dealing with the clerks a lot of my learning at that time came from from the clerks who were in office and uh, mr mishra was assisting mr sanjay hegde who at that time was uh, a micus uh, in the nirbhaya case appeals that were going on before the supreme court and mr hegde had been appointed as a micus for the accused so that's when i got to work at length with uh, mr hegde and uh, i remember the, the judgment uh, in nirbhaya came around may 2018 uh, 2017 uh, 4th or 5th of, of may 2017 and uh, just before the summer vacations uh, mr egde asked me if, if i was interested in joining him after the vacations and 2017 to 2019 uh, two years where uh, i would say was was the was the making of me as a lawyer in in that sense because i think i was a little more mature from when i first started out and uh, i was sir's only junior uh, in those two years I so see. there was a lot of learning in that sense all the work that came to me to office had to be done by me so that was something that you know really really worked out well for me last year in july is is when i went in pandit fantastic so uh, picking up from where you ended this when did you finally i mean of course last year in july but how did you decide to go independent and what was the thought process that went into it and a second part to this question is what do you suggest lo- young lawyers who are practicing right now what do you say to them who are thinking of going independent based on your experiences so see you know when i think about it now yeah. uh, i i sometimes i laugh i i i don't know what i was thinking i had a few briefs and i had a, a there was some work i had there was some work i was hoping to have but no so this coming back to again the senior that i had you know for all that he taught me uh, in the two years and of course as grateful as i am to him for that i think he nudged me out at the right time uh, he sort of indicated that look you you learned what you had to learn and you have to sort of chart your own path now and so this was uh, i think the the january to may session in 2019 where uh, mr ekde had a lot of outstation matters okay and uh, we were traveling traveling constantly so what happens when you are traveling constantly so you know you are taking an early morning flight so you are together from say 7 in the morning you reach the place you reach the hotel you shower change you rush to the court you finish your matter go back to the airport take a flight so we were spending some 17 18 uh, hour work days together and in a way we were bored of each other matlab <laughs> there was uh, <laughs> very little we had to say to each other <laughs> so 
that happened. So I think uh, that's that's how he, he's never told me that, but that's how I felt. I never told. I him want him thing. to watch this episode now and see what Rudy has to say about this. So I think uh, so. One of those journeys, we were traveling to Chandigarh for a for a matter, and he said, "Look, uh, I know you are comfortable working for me, and I am comfortable uh, having you here, but I don't think this is good for either of us." And I think that was all all the hinting, you know, that I needed. And uh, so, uh, just before the summer vacation, I tried to think of what I do. I thought, okay, I have certain matters. This is what is lined up, and uh, this is what I had saved. Now, you know, I had never thought at the age of twenty-eight I'd be giving this advice to people, but uh, saving money is important, and uh, I had money saved. Uh, right. Basic idea being, okay, okay, I can get through the next six months if I don't earn anything. and if i don't any earn anything for 6 months i might as well pack up and leave so i think uh, that's something that my first senior taught me have money for 6 months so i i had that money so that's when i decided okay i told sir uh, he said oh where do you intend to uh, sit as in where do you where do you want to have your office i said i'll figure that out and uh, he was then kind enough to offer me space in the office so you know i've been i've been sitting in this office uh, rent free for over a year <laughs> and uh, I, I help out in whatever way i can but uh, he he's never demanded rent so i think those are the things which are you know difficult when you're starting off you know, because yeah. there's household rent to pay especially for someone not from delhi that's the only privilege which i don't have that that i'm not from delhi so you've got household rent to pay you've got office rent to pay you've got staff so here i suddenly you know i have not had to pay rent there are no office expenses because uh, sirs help there now coming to how this thing has been actually so uh it's been good it's 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 actually been better than i expected uh except the month of april but the month of april this year was horrendous for for everyone i know right scouts had shut uh video conferencing had been started but it is also i would say some a little tiring sometimes a little frustrating because so when you're working in an office you're getting a salary so you don't have to worry about a lot of things and you can focus on the law so you know like for an ars office if you have to draft something you have the documents you draft the petition and that that's all that's what your job is but when you're running an office so you draft the petition so my my regular work day or my regular work week is there is always some draft or the other which has to be sent to the client for for, for approval so i finish up drafting i send it to the guy for approval then i will call up someone else where bills are pending so i have to follow up on my pending bills once those calls are over then you know there will always be some client some lawyer from a high court could inquire regarding a filing in delhi so i'll call him up sir what happened you you called me so there is so much time you know spent running the establishment in that yeah. sense if, if there are matters where you're briefing two seniors for example now both of them need uh, different notes uh, they they all have a different formats that they are comfortable with whether the senior bill has been paid whether the guy's tan number has been sent to the so there are so many little things that you're doing is and what happens is that sometimes law ends up becoming a little secondary so i have tried to ensure that that hasn't happened uh, so far but every now and then no matter that times uh, i'm i'm actually having this year i've been sitting with this uh, shivarao uh, uh, the framing of the constitution i've been reading it i think this is the most deep reading that i've done in the recent past because mm-hmm. most of it is you know just trying to get things together right. so that is what difficult 
but then it is ex- extremely satisfying you know in in that sense that of course you are responsible to a client as you are responsible to his brief but besides that you are not really answering to anyone in in terms of taking leaves i i honestly wasn't even answering to anyone earlier i think all of my bosses were like that they held uh, you responsible for your work but uh, all my bosses never required me to ask for a leave i told them i am going somewhere i never had to ask permission uh, for leaves but the freedom that this this practice brings you there is a fair amount of money also if things go well and uh, most importantly i think at least for me uh, the ability to help someone out you know every yeah. now and then there will be someone who will be coming to you who's who's in genuine trouble and the ability to help them out you know, that's that's something which no other profession gives you so uh, difficult uh, but extremely extremely satisfying great uh i believe you have something else that you want to say because i think you're pondering over you're trying to collect your thoughts so i'll, I'll no no I, i was just thinking of uh, uh, i go off on rambles uh, with these answers you're not helping uh-huh. me by asking related questions so <laughs> no in fact in fact for our viewers when we were i was speaking with sir regarding the structure of this talk so i mentioned that uh, you know he likes to chat a lot but i mentioned so that's the only quality you need for a podcast setup like this yeah, i also told you that i like to be called sir when i was in college but i i, I was an imbecile back then so it looks very very stupid now but uh, it's a force of habit for me as in college someone didn't call you pranjal sir is like hey so what happened to this guy but i just i i feel very very stupid for you know ever having expected people to call me pranjal sir uh, back in the day right so pranjal uh, coming back to uh, the the whole time spent in in law school and then after that uh, you've you've mentioned that even through law schools you did internships in litigation chambers yes. uh, and then you've been a litigating lawyer all throughout what do you suggest that students who go to a chamber for internships what should firstly the student expect out of that and what is it that uh, the people that are interning under expect from students because i believe that there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about internships in general so what do you have to say about this see so this is something in fact i'm, I'm glad you asked this uh, this is something i tell all the interns who who work with me uh, see it's ultimately a lot of the practice of law is about making relationships because see you will practice but someone needs to send you work right. for you to be able to to practice but uh, so what happened with with me was that i had done an internship in uh, at the end of the first year at the central information commission and uh, i had met someone there in uh, mr aditya prasad who is about 3 3 and a half years older to me and he at that time was was a student at the law faculty and i was working as a part time consultant uh, with mr shailesh gandhi who was an information commissioner he took a liking to me he took took a liking to the work that i did and i genuinely believed that worked hard in that internship as as hard as i as a 19 year old would at that time now <laughs> we stayed in touch and cut to uh, 5th year of college i was interning at a place which uh, again did a bit of trial court work and i had interned at that place uh, Six months earlier, like uh, the summer internship was at that place, and I was doing the winter internship, and this was my last internship there. 
and somehow the first week i wasn't very happy so i was speaking to this mr prasad and telling you know i've been interning here but i i don't really like it so he says why don't you come over to my office and um, if you if you are good if they like your work they'll pay you some 3000 5000 rupees a stipend so i thought might as well i am not liking it here anyway and 5000 yeah. rupees as a student as a for a stipend was was a good amount so i said theek hai <clears throat> so he arranged that uh, internship for me uh, after the internship those guys asked me to join them when i finished college so that became my first office now that office essentially had three people one of whom handled the litigation at the trial court and the high court and tribunals one of them handled transactional work and the third person was an aor in the supreme court now around the time that i was finishing 7 8 months in that office the aor was starting off his own practice i see so i went along with him with the aor i met mr hegde so i went along there and then i so see people are always watching you people are, are always judging the work that you do and and ultimately it's it's your work that speaks for you so the idea is to work very very hard like even today so even if i'm sending off a letter which is one page i will agonize over it read it take a print and read it there shouldn't be a grammatical mistake there shouldn't be anything wrong and those things sometimes you know as hard as you try those things will happen but ultimately your work has to has to speak for you that there has to be an obsession with getting things perfect you know it might might or might not work out but there has to be that obsession now coming to intern so that's the first thing because just ensure that you work hard work and, and do your work well because you don't know how people there will be able to help you in the future that's number one number two i have realized is someone who now handles interns so uh, in office uh, i used to handle mr hegde's uh, internship applications in fact he he still farmed those often we so i keep getting those uh, internship mails so our policy was to not say no uh, if a person uh, so if if a person sent me an internship email for july the response was never no we can't take you the response was no uh, your cv doesn't meet our requirements the response was either you are welcome or look july is full does august work august is full and we would go on we would go on till we could accommodate that person now because of this this uh, inclusive uh, policy there were times we ended up with some 12 13 interns okay and what i realized you know even having those 10 interns no if there were two interns who were good there were two interns who were making an impact it would take a week and you would realize okay these are the people so just be proactive keep asking for work also uh, see there is no need to impress or you know try to impress by talking of things that you don't know of right so uh, I, i sometimes i see interns you know falling into that trap so this this you know uh, i would say before you go to the chamber style uh, get a basic idea of the sort of practice that chamber has and then work very hard and i'll keep saying this again and again uh, it's something i didn't do through college but uh, i believe uh, eventually you have to work hard there is there is really no other way right uh, great now although we are running short of time i mean there's nobody stopping us but uh, so <laughs> I, well, i'll i'll uh, i'll come to the final set of questions so uh, having practiced in delhi for several years now surely you must have witnessed 
some exciting and fun moments in courtroom. So can you share some of those experiences with us? See, I have uh, seen things like uh, in, in a Saket court, uh, two lawyers uh, grabbing each other's collars and saying to Bahar Mil. And the judge saying that when you have taken the collar, you can do the rest of it. Oh my God. What do you But uh, no, all, all, all sorts of things, you know, all sorts of things. We've, uh, I think all of us have seen those uh, videos of things that have happened on uh, VCs now. Yeah. Uh, I also believe uh, live law, bar and bench, you know, with, with all the live tweeting have, uh, even though we don't have that open access to court yet, but they've uh, made things uh, uh, much more transparent in that sense. That is also problematic at, you know, at times, because sometimes you have to argue a bad case and you have to make arguments, you know, which uh, have to make them with a straight face. Right. But then that gets reported, uh, live tweeted on live law with uh, some witty comment that the judge may have made of it. So that gets a little embarrassing. Right. So no, that, that's, a, I think, courtroom banter and uh, all of that is, is, is real. It happens. I see, at the same time, you know, this is coming from my experience of uh, having taught kids for CLAT. Uh, something, you know, like suits. I think suits that way had, has really contributed to people <laughs> wanting to take up the law. Yeah. And I uh, till recently had a bottle of Macallan, which I oh. got some five years ago. Because uh, five years ago, I was infatuated how we spectrum Macallan. Right. So I kept it with myself for five years, saying that special will happen, And if something happened now, so I, I opened it. Uh, but see, those things happen on TV. Uh, those things, uh, and, and they happen on American TV. No one's going to pull off what he pulls off in court here. So don't have unrealistic expectations of what the courtroom experience will be like. So it is, it is a, a lot of fun. Uh, again, very, very uh, satisfying. But it is a, a, a fair, fair bit of hard work. Right. Uh, so another thing, it's a very important question that I forgot to ask you earlier. Uh, even though you said that you didn't write much in college, I mean, you didn't get a paper published, but now I see there's a lot of publication work that you're doing. So do you feel that for lawyers who are in practice, is it necessary for them to write on matters of law and get their work out in various newspapers or journals and things like that? So I personally think writing, you know, really helps you clear your head. Uh, I was, was, was never writing again. That first chance uh, came to me because Mr. Hegde was, was abroad and uh, he got me to author, co-author something. And then we co-authored a, a number of pieces over the years. Then again, when I, when I went independent, uh, there was something that uh, Business Standard wanted to co-author, wanted us to co-author. And he actually uh, sent an email saying, you know, I'm happy to give, lend my name to this, but I would like to go uh, for this, this piece to go as a panel solo. And uh, I think the editor got the hint after that. So except maybe one or two pieces, I, I wrote uh, most pieces after that on my own. That Sir and I are currently writing on a book, which is ex uh, working on a book, which is come extremely delayed. Having said all of that, I think I have stopped writing uh, in the last four or five months. Because, you know, after a point, there is only so much of critique that you can give quotes in the country. Now, what do you say? They keep doing it. So, <laughs> you criticize, uh, 
judgments after judgments you criticize them for you know evading certain issues but that's not working clearly how there is only so much critical analysis you can do like i honestly uh, sometimes it becomes a little uh, difficult to engage with the sort of precedent that is that it's uh, is coming out of court and uh, i had said this uh, somewhere else you know that uh, some things deserve a rant and not a critique so <laughs> i have my uh, my rants but my critiques have stopped but you know this is something uh, i had tried out and i i don't know if if people can try this out so you know writing twitter threads for example putting out an idea in 140 uh, odd characters and telling a story through bullet points i think that is something which is very very because very very important for a lawyer because uh, you know we get matters at the supreme court which have a history of 20 odd years so putting you know the crux of the matters into uh, into bullet points into short bullet points into 10 tweets or 20 tweets i think that is something which is potentially useful uh, for lawyers i have tried that on a couple of occasions obviously those those threads uh, never got posted but uh, they it really did help me clear my head so i think yes writing is important uh either to critique and hope that things fall in place which doesn't seem to be happening but otherwise you know just to uh, clear your your own head around uh, certain ideas right in fact uh, for for our viewers you should definitely follow pranjal on twitter he's one of the wittiest lawyers on twitter uh he tweets under the name of junior counsel i believe and there's his whole thread on uh, young lawyers law students especially uh, starting off blogs with the name lex in front of them <laughs> really really clicked with a lot of people well uh, so and this can be my final question sir i see a lot of books behind you even though you've mentioned that you're putting interminably long hours and don't really have much time but earlier or maybe now did you read some books that have had a huge impact on you and these may not be restricted to just legal books but books in general do you enjoy reading and if yes what kind of books i you know again uh, i really don't know what i read last uh, i have read extensively uh, throughout uh, I I think you know, but but, but something I I still keep going back to again and again is uh, the, one of the first things I read was the Sherlock Holmes uh, series, right. and I think if if I uh, just want to get my mind off, I still have the entire like two volumes. So those fifty-four short stories and uh, four novels, I have read them about ten times each. Uh, I haven't done that exercise after school of doing the whole volume, but so I think if uh, there are times I need to relax, get off law. i those are uh, the books i end up reading but uh, i think for lawyers you know there are so many autobiographies which you absolutely must read right. uh, mr nariman or uh, two books which i somehow keep going back to are uh, both of granville austin's books so i think right. all that i read now all that i've read in the last 4 5 years is related to the law right but i think besides the law i i really enjoy reading uh, autobiographies and and biographies all of this is basically the uh, scc volumes uh, which are now dying out uh, because we are now working on scc online and uh, sending e copies of of just uh, soft copies of judgments across on email right but uh, yeah great uh, and with this we come to the end of this conversation 
Pranjal, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and speaking with me. This was a very spontaneous decision. In fact, we were still trying to decide on on when to do this. And a couple of hours ago, Pranjal texted me and said, "Hey, this is a long shot, but do you want to do it now?" And it just happened. And uh, thank you for speaking so candidly on so many uh, important topics. And I'm very very happy to have done this with you. Sure. Thank you for having me here. Thank you.